Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. Hey, so I hope everyone was successful with their holy hour this last week, right, that your endeavors went well and that you made it to your holy hour or your holy half hours. Um, Really, I hope that you continue this practice. I think it's an experience that you will find invaluable as you continue to do it. Um, I know your soul will thank you for it. And for me, Yes, it's a soul thing, but also it's where, you know, I, I know I can always find my peace, you know, my mental and emotional sanity, because sometimes people just kind of get under your skin, and Jesus really does make it all better. But moving on to today's topic, um, I'm just going to give you a tiny peek into the workings here at Catholic Answers. And so, all right, sometimes a media outlet whom we have a relationship with will reach out to us and ask us, to have one of our apologists or speakers be a guest on their show. And recently, I've been included on these emails, and I still find this so exciting. And you're probably like, Rochelle, just get it together and be a professional already. But I'm like, wait, no, my joy is my prayer to the Lord. Don't take that from me. Anyways, but last week, this happened, right? And one of the requests was for someone to talk about St. Michael. And I was like, Score, right? Because St. Michael is an OG, right? Like, no, I take that back. Like, he's an archangel, he's the prince of the angels, and he battles Satan. So in my book, that would make him a triple OG. But in all of my excitement, my heart was suddenly crushed because someone else had already been slotted for that topic. But then I was like, wait a minute, I don't need to be on someone else's show to talk about St. Michael. I can do it myself. Duh, right? So artistic renditions of St. Michael always make him look like he's one bad mamma jamma, right? Like he's just super swole, he's jacked, and sometimes he has on like this gleaming armor, and he always has like this expression on his face that's like, dude, you picked the wrong fight. But what I love about St. Michael, what just makes me geek out, is that our knowledge of him is scriptural. I'm really glad I was able to say that word because... In my practices, I've just been getting tongue-tied. But yeah, so you can find it in the Bible. And I know, like, when I found that out, I was like, what? Totally changed things for me. And so maybe it'll do the same for you. So let's look at scripture. So there's four places in our Bible where St. Michael's name can be found. And in each instance, he performs a particular duty And so our tradition has given him four roles that correspond with the function that we hear of him fulfilling in scripture. I'm going to try to take this a little slower than usual because I know you guys take notes during these episodes and you've asked me to slow down a little bit for that reason. And so I'm really going to try, but if I get excited, I can't promise you that I won't speed up. So let me give it a shot. All right. So the first instance is in Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. So what's going on in you know, this era of history, the prophet Daniel, he asks God to permit the Jews to return to Jerusalem. And God answers Daniel by way of what Daniel refers to as an angelic vision. Hmm, right? Let's look at this. God sends a message to a human being via an angel. So who could that be? 
Gabriel, of course, right? So Gabriel tells Daniel, he says, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to me. So I left him there with the prince of the kingdom of Persia. So Michael came to help the Jews against the Persians, right? And so for that reason, we hold that one of the roles Michael continues to perform is to be a champion of God's people. Now, this would have been the Jews under the old law, and now it's us Christians under the new law. The second mention of St. Michael the Archangel is also in Daniel. And so in Daniel 12, we read, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. So basically, there's going to be this time where the devil wreaks havoc on the earth, but the people whose names are in the book will be delivered. And from that, we learned that the second responsibility of St. Michael the Archangel is to rescue the souls of the faithful from the power of the devil. And this is especially true at the hour of our death. Now, back to that reference about the book. Um, sometimes if you've seen a uh, painting of St. Michael, he'll be holding a book. And this is why. It's referring to this um, scriptural passage. Other times you'll see him, you know, holding scales. That's supposed to represent, you know, judgment. Now, this next instance is probably the most well-known St. Michael citation in Scripture. Or, well, I don't know, is it? Because he might be being overshadowed by the woman cloaked by the sun, right? So in Revelations, we hear a lot about the woman cloaked with the sun, right? Mary. And that's exactly where we are going to for our next um, scriptural citation. So Revelation 12, 7 says... And there was a great battle in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And so St. John, what he's doing here is he's writing about this epic battle at the end of times. But this battle is going to reflect the battle that took place in heaven at the beginning of time when Satan and the other angels rebelled, right? Now, this identifies St. Michael as being tasked with fighting Satan. And so that's the third thing that we know him for. And the last mention of St. Michael by name in scripture is in the letter to St. Jude. So there's this reference made here to an old ancient Jewish tradition. And that tradition says that St. Michael and Satan, they argued over who gets the body of Moses after Moses had died. Right, they have this argument after Moses dies. And so in the letter to St. Jude, we read, But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, disputed about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a revealing judgment upon him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. So this final office that we recognize of St. Michael is to attend to the dying and to accompany them to their judgment. He doesn't pass judgment, but he accompanies them to their judgment. And so to recap, those four roles that we know that St. Michael fulfills are one, to be the champion of God's people. So that would be the Jews under the old law and us Christians now under the new law. Two is to rescue the souls of the faithful from the power of the devil, especially at our hour of death. Three is to fight against Satan. And four is to attend the dying and accompany them to their judgment. And there's actually a few more instances in scripture where Church fathers have questioned if it was Michael who is being referenced, um, but since there's no name, it can't be for sure. 
And just if you're curious, because I know I am, and so obviously I had to go figure out what they were. Some say that the angel who stood at the gate of Eden after the fall was Michael. Some say it wasn't. Um, Some say that tradition uh, refers to a different angel standing at the gates of Eden. Well, we also have an instance uh, where it's believed that it possibly could have been Michael who came to help God publish the Ten Commandments. And there are also two instances of war in the Old Testament, which could be attributed to the archangel Michael. Just if you're curious, just putting them out there. Your familiarity with St. Michael the archangel may come from the St. Michael prayer. And there's an interesting history here. In the 19th century, Pope Leo XIII wrote the prayer to St. Michael. And there's a long version and there's a short version, both of which are used today. But there's conflicting tradition about how exactly the prayers came about. And one tradition is that Pope Leo XIII had this horrible vision of the devil devastating the church. And after that, he went straight to his study and wrote the prayer. And another tradition says that he heard a conversation between Jesus and Satan. Kind of like the conversation that we hear in Job. You know, we have a Job-like situation here where the devil claims that he can destroy the church and God says, oh yeah, pick a century and do your worst. And so Satan chooses the 20th century. But it's hard to know for sure what exactly happened because because Pope Leo XIII doesn't ever tell us what happens. He just writes the prayer. Now the long version, I believe, is used during the rite of exorcism. And the short version was to be prayed at the end of mass. And it was up until Pope Paul VI removed it um, when the mass was revised. But later, uh, JP two strongly suggests that we return to it. He doesn't mandate that we add it to, um, to the end of mass, but he strongly suggests that we do return to it. And I think that we should return to this because It's obvious to me that St. Michael has a prominent role to play in the battle for the world and for souls. And whether the signs of the times are upon us or not, it would behoove us and future generations if we got into the practice of calling down this Prince of Heaven whose overarching goal is to praise and serve the Lord by fighting on behalf of God's people. Just saying, right? So I think we should return to this. And so for this next week, If you don't already do this in your parish, do it and do it with your family. Wait in the pew until after the choir finishes and then kneel down together and say this prayer quickly together. It's a short prayer, right? Um, And if this is something that your parish already does, that's awesome. But why not challenge yourself to say it daily, right? So include it during your daily prayers or when you wake up in the morning, um, or before you go to sleep at night, whatevs, you know, I think that the more this is prayed, the better off we'll be, right? Now, I hope that you guys enjoyed seeing all these places where we can find St. Michael the Archangel in scripture. Um, Pray that prayer. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, what are you waiting for? Subscribe wherever good podcasts are found. And don't forget to tell your friends because we all can transform the world by transforming ourselves. Don't forget, you can keep up with me on Instagram at Clumsy Theosis, and I welcome all of your comments, private messages, emails. Tell me what you think and what you're looking for in your faith life, because I want to know so I can help you. All right, everybody. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week, we explore a topic within the Catholic faith 
to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.